What's up, guys? This is Adrian. And I'm Steve. And we are coming to you live from the uh, Tide Industrial Technology Solutions Studio, the brand new facility. deep inside the Marianas Trench. <laughs> right off of uh, Little St. James Island. So, uh, yeah, this is um, Season 3, Episode 1. So we, we are back, guys. Yeah, just unfortunately, we, we, I mean, we had been on break, but I've been having some big-time computer issues, and my new job has been really, really hard, very long days, but very taxing. But, I mean, it's, it's good. It's like a good tired, but still tired nonetheless. So. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So, here we are. Yeah, and a ton of stuff has happened while we've while we've been uh, off season. Uh, Oakland and both Denver have uh, decriminalized uh, a lot of things, mainly mushrooms in yeah. in Denver and Oakland. Pretty much decriminalized everything, like every psychedelic under the sun. So that's uh, that's interesting. Hopefully, that leads to more more uh, more of that across the nation. When does that actually come into effect in Denver? Oh, it's already in effect right now. Oh, okay. I mean, it's so, it's it's right. not it's not quite at the level uh, of marijuana where you like you know there are shops that you can go out and buy it. Essentially, just right now they're not going to arrest you for having it. So, uh, pretty much, it's just um, you can grow it, I guess, and they won't okay. arrest you for it. Yeah. Well, I know Oakland's decriminalized, but I don't know. California's pretty progressive, so we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Hope, hopefully it's just the beginning. Yeah. So, in the meantime, um, since our sabbatical is real, a lot of things have happened, as Adrian has uh, made mention to. Um, one of which is the Internet takeover of a certain top-secret military facility located deep within the heart of the Nevada desert. Yes. Area 51. The uh, the famed, famed Area 51. Been pretty much in the, uh, the zeitgeist since uh, uh, Independence Day. So, I want to give like a brief like synopsis of how this whole thing came to be. Apparently there's some this guy on the internet who thought it'd be funny to create a post to see how many people he can generate to possibly show up to this thing. Now, actually, true story, what's funny is um, God, years and years and years ago, I'd say probably over 10 years ago, um, my ex at the time, we would actually have conversations about doing exactly this, where just get like a million people to just rush Area 51. So, <laughs> I've actually been had this idea probably over ten years ago, and the fact that now the internet has become what it it's become, just this meme, this meme generator. Um, it, it's funny now to see that here's this idea that I had over ten, or I didn't have personally, but my ex had at the time over ten years ago. Now is actually a thing. Now. How many people actually show up for this thing? I don't know. Um, logistically, it's going to be shitty traffic. If a million people were to drive out right now, it would take days to get out there because it's 
two-lane highways. Like there's one lane going one north, one lane going south, and if you get a million people and cars all driving out there, traffic's going to be miserable. So guys, if you decide to do this, leave a little, a couple days prior, give yourself some time to drive. Um, we figure the population of Las Vegas is 800,000 people. More than double that are planning to, sh- are saying that they will show up to the desert. Now, I'm not saying that that many people will show up, but if you're to put things in perspective, if you take of all these millions of people, and it's only going to get more and more the, the closer we get to today. Let's say you get like 1% of that. So let's say like maybe 10,000 people, 20,000 people. Okay. So my girlfriend, she worked at Disneyland and you're to take both parks on a full day, including like to the point where they're turning people away at the doors. It's almost 100,000 people. And that's at a crowded theme park. Right. Imagine if that many people. Imagine if just that many people showed up. That, that that's overwhelming. How many people? Just one percent of uh, you know these millions of people who say uh, are, are going to show up. If just one percent show up, that that's just mind blowing as it is. <laughs> For sure. So the memes are hilarious. I, I love. What the more I read, then something came out of this about. Clapping some alien cheeks. And Adrian, I have been laughing nonstop <laughs> over the thought of rescuing these aliens only to have these aliens be bent over <laughs> their genderless alien hole and just have them clap some cheeks. <laughs> it, it, it's just, just like, really thank you, you saved me. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just really putting it to them. <laughs> Time for some salvation. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to Earth. Uh, <laughs> now, apparently, if we do the Naruto run, which where I work, I do see kids do the Naruto run, and it is the dumbest thing I think a human being could do aside from swallowing a typhoid, which we may or may not encourage. Um, <laughs> It is the dumbest thing, but God damn it, Adrian, I think it might work. Here are these seasoned, like, hunters from, from, like, the Vietnam jungle, like, in charge of watching this military facility. Can you imagine just the, the, the what's going on in their minds as a bunch of millennials are running at them like a reverse Superman? Like, like, almost as dumb as Freakazoid, but Freakazoid was hilarious. These kids, like, the Naruto run is just stupid. But damn it, I think it's so random, I think it could work. Right, and it's, uh, the the bullets will be ineffective against it. It's just, uh, they can't hit them. They can't hit them. Right. So, here, here's, here, here's another, just, I'm, I'm just, following the practicalities of this because I, 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 I have been to Area 51. Um, I, I haven't been through uh, down Groom Lake Road, which is what most people are familiar with. That's when you're coming out of the, the mountain range. You just see this long, lonely dirt road. 
it's kind of eerie to see it. But here you are winding, because uh, you're in the high desert, you're winding down the mountain off the extraterrestrial highway before you hit the main strip, strip that goes to uh, Rachel. There's a point where you make this wide turn. I think it's like a, a, a long right turn. And eventually it opens up to the valley. And you just see this lonely dirt road just going up into the distance. And that room like road. And that's where you drive up and you have the sign. And then you have the, the camo dude parked in their white truck just kind of up on a hill. No so warning shots. Closer, closer towards Rachel. Now, Rachel's about 25 miles from the point where you uh, are, are come out of the mountain. And it, it's literally just like a straight 25 miles wide. It's it, 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 it gets weird. You can see way off. You can see for miles. So about 10 miles, know, 10 miles east, I'm sorry, 10 miles west of Rachel is what's called the back gate. And that's where you actually get like a, like a checkpoint. So you'll actually see like the, big arms that come down and there's actually chain link fencing and there's a couple trailers. I've been there twice and both times I've gone, I haven't seen anybody, but I guarantee you they knew I was there. They probably knew what my intentions were before I, I even set foot on the highway. Oh yeah. They, um, they definitely saw you. Oh yeah. I, I, I was trying to be a smart ass and I drove up with my Uber stickers. Um, <laughs> I, I was just trying to be funny. Um, now, here's what people don't understand, is that from these gates, especially the, the back gate, because the back gate is like the furthest from Area 51, um, where, where I live, it's about 25 miles from Disneyland, 25 miles south of Disneyland. So what these sweaty Naruto runners need to keep in mind is that if I were to invite them all to my house, be okay. This Naruto run to Disneyland. That's 25 miles of running to get to a destination. The only difference is you're Naruto running in the desert. I'm not <laughs> saying it can't be done, but a lot of these kids are aren't exactly in peak physical condition. So yeah, I really, I really hope everyone's uh training for for this because yeah, it's it's so uh it's gonna be necessary cardio bring plenty of water or what you can do is find a kyle and just be friend to kyle and maybe he can piggyback ride you the entire <laughs> way and just keep dangling like a, a monster energy drink uh, on like a line in the stick just to dangle it in front of his head to just keep him motivated <laughs> i mean who knows It'll be it'll be the Kyles with the the Naruto, the Naruto runners on their on their backs like uh like Luke and Yoda. Right. So instead of Naruto running, for a lot of you uh, athletically challenged types, which do I know are going to be showing up at this thing, befriend a Kyle. They will be your mount. They will be your speed as you charge into Area Fifty One. <laughs> Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, what if I'm one of the chubbier Naruto runners? I mean, anime lovers do come in all shapes and sizes, and some of them tend to be a little sweatier and chubbier than others. I have a solution for that. You find two Kyles, and they can do that thing where they kind of 
take you up from one on each side and kind of have you like secure you as you run into the desert. <laughs> It'll be like the deluxe tile uh, where transport. Or maybe That's just throw I mean. him over the shoulder and just run with him like parallel. Um, Launching them like a yeah. missile into the gates. <laughs> the fastball special. God, I had a Kyle sit at my bar the other night, and he he looked like a me. He had the backwards hat, he had the chain, he had the cigarette in his ear, he had that greasy kind of drug pickled face. I'm sure he was on something. I could tell. I could tell what it was. <laughs> um, just absolute Kyle, and um. God, I hope you're there September 20th, buddy. There's going to be a Naruto runner. Who's yeah, gonna, we're going to need you. His, I mean, we all need to do our part. There is going to be a Naruto runner that shows up who, let's face it, forgot his inhaler. <laughs> there needs to be a Kyle out there who'd be willing to give forth to the world and not just take from the world. Stop bumming change off people, Kyle's out there, or cigarettes and Rockstar money, no. You need to get back to the world by finding this poor asthmatic anime lover and giving him a piggyback ride to Area 51, and the two of you can clap some cheeks together. I'm just saying, everybody needs to work together in order for this to happen. <laughs> it's going to be like that uh, that Lord of the Rings meme, like, I never thought I'd die fighting side by side with a Naruto runner. What about with a friend? I, I could do that. <laughs> And just know that while everybody's Naruto running, I'm be doing the Freakazoid run. At least when I do the Freakazoid run, at least I can go like Superman, and at least I can. I'll feel vindicated at that point. But running like a forward-leaning anime, no, guys, that, that doesn't work for me. Um, now. What's everybody expecting on finding once they get there? Well, we're going to liberate the mailers, first off. We're pretty sure they don't want to be there. They probably just want to see sunlight again. Who knows? Apparently, they're in a bunker in a mountain somewhere, and that's four, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, that probably sucks. Just stuck there. So, just remember, if, if you want to clap Somalian cheeks, especially in this day and age, just make sure you don't meet two Somalians. Make sure it's consensual. Uh, make sure you bring some protection because who knows what kind of space age you're going to get. <laughs> I mean, don't want to be like all World of Worlds, World of Worlds here, where you have these hostile alien forces come to Earth, and what ends up being their biggest demise is the common cold. So let's not let's try to think this out a little bit. So guys, got to bag it before you tag it. Okay, I don't care how sweet that green finger hole looks on the cheeks of the sweet alien booty, just make sure you wrap it before you tap it, okay? Don't want anything. Not like, uh, not like, um, Shatner in, uh, Star Trek. Just smashing every alien right. he sees. <laughs> the primary directive. <laughs> this big reinforced, like, steel door that just shuts and you get a bunch of Chad's cows collectively punching the thing until it breaks through. 
on the other end. I can't believe it. This is it's supposed to be impenetrable. <laughs> One collective punch, the whole mountain just just rumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the scientists inside are just clenching onto each other in fear. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> One punch, the lights flicker. <laughs> you see, like water, like. Ripples in the water, like in Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, uh, so what's funny is, um, I think you mentioned this, though, I haven't seen it. Bob Lazar actually spoke out that guys really, really don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he made he made a post on uh, Instagram, I think it was, under his, uh, the account for his, um, his uh, business, I think it's uh, United Nuclear. Mm. But uh, but yeah, he was he was pretty adamant about um about people not doing this. Okay, here's the thing. Let's just say a million people do show up. That that is a staggering amount of people to to, to have in one area. It's yeah. Like, I mean, there's room for them because it, 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 you're literally out in the middle of nowhere. It, it, it is a very in the middle of nowhere type place for right. But would they really gun down everybody? So I'm thinking there has to be like deterrence or something. I don't think they just go straight for just spraying bullets on a bunch of uh, uh, autistic nerds. <laughs> what I'm thinking is I, I know they have forms of crowd control technology that are still in development where they utilize like microwave guns or something essentially the just park this big thing up on a hill with this weird satellite dish looking thing they just point to people and it fires microwaves at them yeah um, it's, it's like more flame boiling people but from the inside like a baked potato <laughs> um, you just I, see I, I, you just see all the kyles pull out a hot pocket out of their out of their pocket <laughs> just bite into it to to repower up yeah. <laughs> they could also use, they could also use like uh like audio like tech like high pitched like noises. So bring uh bring earmuffs, people. Right. So they they have this type of technology does exist. I've I've seen enough like science shows and whatnot. No, I mean they do talk about this stuff. Like hey, we've got this really neat microwave gun for lack of a better term, they do have, like, ultrasonic uh, deterrence. So instead of just spraying bullets at a bunch of idiots, which there might be that one overzealous camo dude who spent 20 years in the middle of the desert in a hot Ford truck just farting up a storm with no real ventilation because you're in the heat. It's just You're just trapped in your own park gap and you can't really have the windows down because then they'll see your face and they can't see your face. So... There'll be maybe two or three disgruntled camo dudes who might open fire on a couple passing autistics, but I think in general it'll be more of what I'm thinking where they'll use like sonic type things or even like the microwave type things as a deterrent. And that's if the 25 mile run through the desert doesn't deter people enough. Which is why if you are one of the Naruto running, aspiring Naruto runners with asthma or something, or maybe you're just 
physically out of shape, what you do, what I encourage you to do is bring a, a case of Monster, Rockstar, Red Bull, whatever, and that'll be your contribution to the Kyle. It, it, it's like a, a mating ritual. You know how a penguin will bring a pebble to the female? Like, it'll be like that. Just An offering. Brings a monster to a Kyle. They're mated for life. You know what I picture? Remember that terrible Final Fantasy movie, the animated one that was kind of terrible? Oh, yeah. So, there's one scene, I can't find it on YouTube, and I don't really want to find a movie to watch it. It's, it's, it's awful. There's the black guy who is looking at this battlefield of, just all, of all these bodies and said, oh, this is supposed to be the war that you know, saved the world. My father's out here somewhere. Just I picture like 20, 30 years from now, just that same scene, but with a kid standing over the this graveyard in front of Area 51. There's all these corpses and there's all these skeletons. And this, the one guy shows up and says, yeah, this is supposed to be the war. That's the battle that ended the war. My <laughs> father's out here somewhere. Uh, one can only pray. So, what, 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 what have you heard, Adrian? What, what, what's our battle plan? I already told you my battle plan. Uh, especially Magneto from the X-Men 3 movie where you have all the final battle and all these mutants are charging into battle and Magneto's like, oh, chest upon, go first. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm thinking um, we just uh, choke the rivers with our dead. Just send wave after wave. Okay. <laughs> until, until, uh, until they're too tired, we just attack from all fronts. It's completely surround, okay. completely surround the base. Just like treat it like a, like a those civilization games. Now, are we going in through the? So it, it makes more sense to go through the Groom Lake Road. Uh, road, Groom Lake Road, because if you go through the back gate, then you're already 25 miles even further out from where you need to be. So right. Groom Lake Road is going to be the nexus point. That, 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 that is the entry point. And plus, it's convenient because you have a road that'll take you right up to the base, so you don't you won't have that potential of getting lost in the desert. So. I think everyone needs to invest in ATVs and just take those up and just drive drive through the desert. Leading the charge with a flag with oh, yeah. a with a gray on it. Right. <laughs> or Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just we'll send a no. select group of a of a fellowship up the, through the mountains. Now, here's another thing that you want to factor in, and, and guys, just hear me out. We will need some drone support. We we do need our spies, like our our scouts, before any full frontal attack, there needs to be some reconnaissance done. So if you have a drone or something, now granted, it does say it's not use drones anywhere near this place. That's fine. I mean, that's your own discretion, but, you know, some form of scouting would be beneficial in this sort of case. Um, also, I'm sure there'll be that one guy that shows up with a Segway or one of those weird bicycles that you pedal with your hands. 
Everyone, everyone that owns an ATV uh, to show up. Everyone that owns wagons that we can tie to the ATVs, sidecars, yeah. motorcycles, dirt bikes, uh, a whole a whole infantry of of Kyles on dirt bikes. <laughs> Bam Margera. bunch of companies are are uh, looking to throw a party outside the gates to celebrate the liberation yeah of at so least some technology of, what sort of technology do you hope to retrieve from area 51 like what, what is like if you're to go in and have like the men in black style like room of toys like in the first movie the portal gun the toy that you want to take away the portal gun. Portal gun? Yep. Or okay. some kind of time travel. Some time travel tech. A PlayStation so, 6. So what's, what's, what's the game plan? So... I, I want to be able to do my part. <laughs> like we, we here at the Tide Podcast are like house exploring the collective institutions and structures, penthouse community. What, what could be our contribution to uh, such an endeavor? I think uh, we we fly out of there in uh, Boba Fett's Slave One ship. Or something similar. Okay. We can just uh, once once we get in there, I'll I'll, I'll try and uh, I'll try and see if I could figure out uh, what all the symbols mean because you know I've been I've been doing a lot of research on on that kind of stuff, all that esoteric ancient knowledge. Um, so I'll, I'll try and right. decipher the symbols and and see see if we can get some of these uh, some of these ships started, and uh, we'll fly it out of there. I'd love to get my hands on some of that 115, man. Oh, yeah. Element 115. Definitely going to be leaving there with a belly full of that. <laughs> Although 115 we can eat. So, is the 115 stabilized or is it like super radioactive? Like, that's what I don't understand. Because usually something of that much power is unstable and has a really short, uh, like, half life. Yeah, so allegedly the crafts that are there are powered by a stabilized version of it. Interesting. So it can just be there and you can walk around it, touch it, and it won't make you, like, Chernobyl stick? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's still some kind of, like, protection that you need, but uh, uh, it, it seems like it's, like, a, like a, in some kind of solid state, I guess. Interesting. Now, you did come into town a couple weeks ago. 
Right. There was a UFO symposium in Irvine, which is right down the street from us, and actually minutes away from where I work. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go on the one day that I wanted to go. Just you know, some some enlightenment took place, but um, share what happened. Like, like what, what what symposiums did you see? Like what lectures? What did you learn? Uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I went to a couple of lectures while I, were, while I was there. Um, one about, uh, about, uh, the UFO evidence, uh, out of Brazil, which apparently, uh, Brazil, uh, well, South America has a, a ton of sightings all the time, but Brazil specifically has a, a lot of cases that have been just as big as, as like the Roswell case that just, you know, haven't really gotten any kind of like mainstream like um, exposure or anything like that. Yeah, like cases that have had like lot like lots of witnesses um, and have been have been out there for a while. And I've I've heard about a couple of these before, but you know, not a whole lot, just because it's you know it's it's not really something that you that you really think about you know when when you think like ufo's like you think uh, like roswell you think uh the united states um you know st stuff like that but um but the, i i guess they they've had a lot of cases so they talked about uh some of those they were kind of fascinating they're actually doing a lot of work uh down there right now in terms of trying to get the uh the government to to uh talk about it and be open about it and they've actually probably gotten a lot further than we have in the states as far as like uh getting government cooperation like there are like organizations there like working towards disclosure that they're working directly with the government and you know the government's uh essentially asking them okay uh, what what do you need from us like uh how can we help so that's pretty cool um I also went to uh, one that was uh, super interesting that was about um, uh, a similar kind of talk, but it was uh, from a Russian guy, and uh, what, what I thought was kind of funny was uh, before the lecture started, like looking at his name, and I forget the dude's name, but it was, a, it was totally like a, a non-Russian like name, it was like a just like a like a normal uh, like American name, like there was no uh, no ethnicity behind it that you could that you could uh, discern just from from looking at the name. And then he comes out mm -hmm. and he starts talking and he's got a heavy heavy Russian accent. And then I'm like, uh, okay, like so his parents just gave him a, a, a an American name. And then I kind of realized likely what happened uh, as he was talking. He just started openly talking about all these like secret Russian bases and where everything is located, and it hit me that this guy probably can't go back to Russia. <laughs> he he's probably changed his name and is now living outside of Russia and just openly talking about this stuff. He's probably one of like Putin's like kill on sight guys. Um, but his, his talk was really interesting too. Uh, I really liked. His because he also talked about a lot of um, a lot of like ancient crash sites and like uh, a lot of uh, you know like uh, the ancient past and how there there may have been some UFO sightings back then. Uh, he showed some cave drawings and stuff like that. Uh, so that one was really cool as well. 
Uh, one of my favorite talks was actually not so much uh, UFO related, but it was um, it was from this guy. Uh, I believe his name was Adam Curry. Uh, pretty young dude. Um, he's been working with uh, uh, incorporating consciousness into technology and just like a lot of. Uh, he's been doing a lot of work uh, and research with uh, regarding consciousness, and it was just kind of fascinating some of the experiments that he's done. And uh, some of the apps that he's uh, developed that he's using to measure consciousness on a, on a global scale, and just hearing some of the things that um, that have been going on for a while that uh, uh, like as far as measuring consciousness that um, that I wasn't really aware of. There's a there's a group that I, I want to say is called the the glo the uh, global consciousness like initiative or something like that that have been measuring it uh for a while and there was actually uh, a huge spike in overall consciousness uh, across the united states the morning of 9 11 before the attacks happened so it's almost like we were in tuned to something that was going to happen and then obviously you know something did um so it was it was kind of fascinating to hear him talk about things like that, and I also, I also got my got my hands on some uh, some files that I need to uh, pour through, specifically a lot of the uh, the uh, majestic files from uh, uh, MJ12, the uh, the group that was formed majestic to uh, yeah the group that was formed to yeah. uh, research uh, UFOs back in uh, back in the back in the day in the forties or wherever. Right. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was fun. Know. Interesting, Rick. Yeah. So uh, while we were there, we actually... um I was Eisenhower that came out. It was Eisenhower, right? That, I, no, it was Eisenhower. Uh, no, he was just starting Majestic. Which president was it? Oh, I don't... Really? I, I, think, I think Eisenhower was the... Secretary of State at the time, or he was he was in the I cabinet. Think a, I think. No, it was a, I think it was Truman mm-hmm. that came up with Majestic. I think. Pretty sure it was Truman. I don't know. Um, hey, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so while uh while what I was there, we um. We ended up watching that uh, that Bob Lazar documentary. Uh, so, what'd you what'd you think of it? That was interesting. It, it, I always take everything with a grain of salt, but I mean, it, it, there's more than us out there. It, it, it's mathematically improbable that we are the only one in such a big universe. So, if we happen to get our hands on Something I'm not surprised, but the the level of secrecy involved is just kind of annoying. Because we can we can move so much quicker towards like a Star Trek type society where it's just you know unification of everybody. There's no more discrimination or hate or great or everything, anything like that. It'd be like a very Gene Roddenberry type uh, future instead of just where we're heading right now, where the planet's going to boil off in 10 years. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, what do we have to lose? Mass hysteria? Shit. 
<laughs> right? We have shootings every other day here in America. Well, how much worse could it possibly get? Yeah. I mean, for, for the, maybe for the few years where a lot of nut job religious types might be, oh my God, we wasted all their time and effort. There's all this stuff isn't true. Yeah, this is great. Handle that as you may, but again, it's up the future at this point. So, at some point, guys, Come on. <laughs> How bad can it really be? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely probably one of the most frustrating things about it, that, like, if all of this is true and we have this technology that we can be using to essentially save our planet and we're just keeping it right. under wraps. That's the thing. It's like we have all this... If we allegedly have all of this technology that... Free energy that technology. He can't even wrap our heads around. Yeah, here's some asshole in Saudi Arabia with, with his billions of dollars in riches because of oil. It's like, really? You have a, a couple, have this sliver of this element that could, you know, revolutionize how we travel and use energy, yet we're spending this fossil fuel jackass who only cares about the money, doesn't give a fuck about what goes on with our planet. Come on, guys. Just turn some of the alien juju that you have and then take something good out of it. And that's what's frustrating about it. If, if we do and we have this, have this shit. Like, what? Who gives a shit about the, the, the fallout? It, it'll be good in the long run. Right. I mean, yeah, we found out there was no Santa, dude. Did we commit mass suicide? No. It's like, oh, okay, but we're still getting presents, right? Well, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... Our religion was great, but there's really cool, like, Star Wars shit out there. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I want to I be running around with fucking lightsabers and shit. <laughs> I mean... Like, wait, I've been, you mean I've been avoiding pork all this time and it didn't really matter? Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my you God. Know. So, just, uh, it, that's my thought process on it. It's it, it, it. But we live in such a fucked up world. We really do. Right. Yeah. Over 90% of the world wants, like, stricter gun control. And yet, in our democracy, you have one asshole in, in, in Washington who's like, no, I, I don't want to do that. It's, it's entirely up to like, a small handful of people, not the majority. And they represent, hey, it's all fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Like a, <laughs> that's like an anti-government anti-government <laughs> really what, I, what I'm what my intentions are. It's just, come on, guys. Get your shit together. It's like fucking like South Park. Save our planet. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? That's that, 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 that my takeaway from everything that's going on. Just, really? Like, is this real life? You know, uh... Oh, that again? oh I was just saying, uh, is this real life? But, um... <laughs> So one of the one of the things that I thought was kind of fascinating uh, when we were watching that documentary was um, your reaction to 
when Bob was talking about uh, the test flights and where they would fly these things, because you it kind of matched up with uh, an experience that you had uh, driving back oh. from Area 51. Yeah, so, and I'm watching this. My first, first one, and I, I've explained this on the, uh, I've told this story on the show before, but it, it kind of connected when, uh, when Bob was uh, of all the things I saw on the show, I couldn't relate to on this documentary, I couldn't relate to any of it, except for one thing that he said, and it's about halfway through, I forget the time stamp, but he was talking about the test flights of these things. And he said, okay, well, you know, on certain days, we keep them in the hangar and just kind of do like a side-to-side, up-and-down type thing. Every once in a while, we take them out, and we fly them just above the peaks of the mountain. Now, that, that, that right there was what triggered me when he said, oh, you know, we fly them just above the peaks of the mountain. So, uh, almost been two years now, because it's two Novembers from now. It's not this past November, but the previous November. Um girlfriend and I went out to Vegas and drove out to Area 51, uh, ate at the Little Alien, and we drove to the back gate, and we left. We, we got back onto the main highway at about 10 o'clock-ish, 10.30-ish. So we're driving now south down a very dark and lonely highway. And from our position, the base would have been at like our... One o'clock position, one o'clock position, and in that general area. And I told my girlfriend, "Hey, you know what? If we see anything, or if we want to see anything, look over in that direction because that's where the base is." And she's like, oh, "Okay, okay." <laughs> so we're driving, maybe ten, fifteen minutes goes by, and you know, I wander. I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on the road because it's all over the range out there and there's big cows that are out there and if you're going maybe down this dark highway yeah, and there's a big dumb black cow in the middle of the road you're not going to see it so it's too late and if you hit a big cow with your car it, you're, you're totaled it, it, it's done so I'm being mindful of that and I'm still driving pretty quick and just above the the mountain range of where I said the base would be, I see this very bright light. And the only way I can describe this, if you were to take your hand and kind of shape it like a Lego man, kind of like a, a J kind of, or, or like a lobster claw, like, like a claw hand, where it, it kind of looks like a J, that was the shape of this thing. And, you know, you, you're, you're used to thinking, okay, a big old bulls or the the triangles or whatnot, or the, the spheres, or even just like a basic saucer type shape. That wasn't what this thing was. It looked like a weird shape, brightly lit shape. And what, what struck me at first was, holy crap, from where I am on this road to where the base is, and, and the mountain range is maybe 30 miles. So I would say the size of it, if, if you are to take a quarter in, in, in your hand and just hold the quarter up at, at like an arm's length. That's how big this thing was. Just from, from my perspective. So this thing was big. And I look at it and I see it. And 
my brain starts thinking like, oh my God, is this really happening? Like, am I really seeing this? And then I'm like, oh my God. And, you know, I start trying to get uh, you guys' attention. Like, oh, hey, baby, oh my God, look, 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 look. And she goes, what, what? Just, you know, what's going on? I pulled the car over. And the moment I pulled the car over, this light, like, illuminated. It's like somebody took a dimmer switch and just dimmed it down, and it was gone. Huh. I probably saw this thing for maybe maybe five seconds. Oh, That's pretty crazy. Maybe five, less than, it definitely wasn't ten seconds, but it was definitely around five seconds where I saw this thing. And I've always said, and I even like drew a little doodle of it, it was just above the mountain range. So when we're watching this documentary and Bob Lazar said, oh, one of the Test flights that we would do is take this one of these things and just fly just above the mountain range and like, oh my god, I saw that. Whatever it was they were doing, whatever test this was, Bob was our explained it. That that there gives me like personal credibility towards this guy's story because it's such an odd detail to say. It, 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 it's a really odd odd details and I, I saw it this thing was just above the mountain range it, it was really bright very very bright but again the size of this thing must have been huge because from the, the 30 plus miles that I was from where this anomaly was again if you were to take a quarter and hold it up that's how big it looked to me so up close it was probably massive massive how big this thing was I have no idea what it was nor the shape of it was just bizarre. It was, it was a bizarre-looking shape. So that, that that was my big takeaway from the the Bob Lazar uh, documentary on Netflix. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty interesting. How that uh, that ended up matching up with what you had seen before. So re- re- really interesting. So um, yeah, that, that it was a. Uh, so I do have some, I have an Area 51 story. Hey, <laughs> cool. And of course, if you go to Rachel, which is the town, I'm using town and air quotes here, because they have a couple trailers and the diner that will give you diarrhea. Um, <laughs> I got diarrhea at Area 51. <laughs> the UFO burger. Um, it is a bit of a tourist trap. Um, they do have a lot of Stories you can tell they kind of fan the flame of that, that tourist intrigue. Um, I know somebody who lives on the south end of the facility, and he said that he's never seen any UFOs. And he's actually kind of disappointed because him and I used to listen to uh, Art Bell back in the day. He has never seen a UFO, and he says he goes out almost every night and looks up to the sky and. Hasn't seen a dance thing. Um, he apparently knows some people who work at part of the facility, and they said that, you know, I mean, everything is so compartmentalized over there. Um, I don't think any more than like a small handful of people in a group know what the other group is doing. But this particular individual said, yeah, you know, I haven't seen any aliens, but I'm working on this type of thing. 
And it was just sort of like a mundane type thing. Like, okay, cool. Advanced radar, cool. Okay, neat. <laughs> and something like scary or jarring or anything. It's okay, they're doing radar stuff out there. At least this particular guy is doing radar stuff. Okay, neat. That's not nearly as fascinating as, you know, like aliens or whatnot, but you never know with how compartmentalized everything is if one ties into the other, ties into the other, ties into the other. Right. And that is one of the things that Bob said during the documentary about how com- uh, compartmentalized everything was and how he was only working on the propulsion aspect of it, but he didn't know uh, what the weapons application or uh, where these things came from or or anything like that, because those were other departments and they didn't share information in between, which also kind of made it harder to kind of backwards engineer this stuff since they couldn't talk to the other departments and didn't know if they were onto something that, you know, they hadn't discovered yet that could potentially help them or if they had anything that could help the other teams. Right. Now, I will tell you interesting, I mean, not, not really interesting, but just one of those things. Everybody's heard of the bot, the, the, the employee bot for Area 51. Um, when I was the, the day that I drove out there with my girlfriend and I saw this anomaly over the mountain. Um, while we were driving there, the bus actually did pass us. And this thing looks like an old school bus, but this thing has horsepower in it that you, you can't even imagine. Like, this thing can crank 90 uh-huh. up a mountain. Wow. That, that's pretty nuts. What do the windows look like? Were they like blacked out or like tinted? I got a video of it. This is a quick video. Um, this thing just barreled right through us. <laughs> or right past us. It was just crazy how fast this thing went. Up a mountain for being a school bus. Could you see um, Could you see into the windows or were they all like tinted or blacked out? They're, they're, all, tinted, they're all tinted over it. Yeah. At this time, it was already... Because this is late November, so it was getting dark pretty, pretty uh, early. Right. And I'd say this is about seven o'clock, seven thirty-ish. I want to say so. It was already dusk, duskish. Actually, you know, it was it was, it was, it was that, that moment between dusk and evening. This thing came finally barreling towards us. Um. It was, it was neat, because I'd never seen it before. I mean, I, I'd seen it on, like, YouTube and whatnot, but actually seeing it in person, like, oh, neat. Um, I think it makes a stop. I, I forget the name of the town, but there's a little town that's on the way to an uh, extraterrestrial highway before you make that left turn that uh, is kind of like a gas-to-go type town, and if you want to go to a uh, Peekaboo, that's the town that you drive through to get to a uh, Um that, That's where apparently it dropped off its employees. And there's a YouTuber that I'm subscribed to, Adventures with Christian. Uh, he, he said that for years he would just wave to the driver and the driver wouldn't acknowledge him and he finally got, after being persistent, persistent, and persistent, he actually got the bus driver for Area 51 to just do a little wave Adam now every time he uh, <laughs> waves to the guy. That's, that's interesting. That's funny. <laughs> a neat little thing. Yeah, little victories. 
now that uh, bus well, driver is probably going to get killed based on this uh, this podcast. He's been compromised. Right. <laughs> you see him bite his tooth. It's like a cyanide pill. Yeah. Compromised. <laughs> <laughs> Foaming from the mouth. Like a uh, KGB uh, agent. <laughs> uh, what else is there? That's all I really got to say about Area 51. We're coming up on almost an hour. Anything else you want to finish up on? Uh, well, one of the there was also the um the Rogan document or the Rogan podcast that we watched uh, after the documentary. That was also interesting, where he had a. Uh, Bob and Jeremy uh, Corbell on, um, so I highly recommend uh, checking that out. And uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet, the documentary that we're talking about uh, is on Netflix. It's called uh, Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. Highly recommend checking it out. Very uh, fascinating stuff. But during the uh, the Rogan podcast, one of the things that kind of blew my mind was... Uh, you know, when they were talking about all these ships, uh, these UFOs that they had there, and, uh, you know, they Bob had mentioned that they have nine of them, and uh, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan was asking him about, you know, do we know where they came from? And Bob's uh, response was, uh, it was never something that was discussed with him. It wasn't something that he would have asked like because you know you weren't allowed to ask questions but he said that um it was heavily implied or he was led to believe at least that at least one of these was found in an archaeological dig and that kind of blew my mind because it's like how fucking old is this thing if we found it at a you know a dig site like looking for some fucking dinosaurs or something and we find a, a ufo like holy shit! So that was pretty but crazy. Hey, here's what's weird about the you know, so they, they dug one up in the, uh, on an archaeological thing, one crashed in about. They all fucking look the same. Like you think with like hundreds of years, they like, come out with a new model. <laughs> like, well, uh, apparently Bob Bob did it's say like, that that these all looked different. Like interstellar travel that. They don't feel the need to upgrade. Like, <laughs> what's up with that? Well, Bob Bob did say that they all did look different. They were like of different shapes and stuff, and different kinds of models. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't quite like well, a I mean, in in Independence Day. You know, the one that they dug up in the on this archaeological uh, survey because they tell that oh this is clearly an older model versus this one. That's <laughs> a, yeah, you know, I I, I wonder model. I wonder what it looked like. Characteristic differences between the two. Yeah, I mean they, they can all function the same as far as like all cars work the same with combustion engine and whatnot. Just all cars work the same, but they have different accessories to them. I'm wondering if out of the nine UFOs, if they're like different models of cars, where they all might run the same. But, you know, maybe one has a MFM radio or a yeah. serious satellite and, and a cup holder. And then, maybe one has reclining leverage seats. Who, who knows? But there has to be some form of difference, especially one that is apparently ancient versus... 
something from the forties. Yeah. It's assuming that like time works the same for them as it does for us, though, because who knows? Like, maybe they're from the same period, but just showing up in different points in, uh, of our like yeah. history. Um, so that could always be a thing. Uh, and you know, another thing that was interesting was uh, how he talked about how these things actually flew. Like they kind of uh, they kind of fly like belly first. Um, and they, uh, like, bend the the space around them. Well, it's like, uh, from Futurama. I yeah. Think, I think you're the one that said, right? Where right. The ship doesn't fly itself, the space around it moves around the ship. Yeah. Like that, um, that episode, I forget what episode it was, but it was, um, it was, uh, like, Farnsworth Jr., oh, like, I, the I, little clone. I, I know... The episode, I just can't remember the details of it other than that, because that was, like, the, the whole thing that the episode built up to. Yeah, and, like, that... That is probably, like, the the easiest way to th- to think about uh, about how it works. Like, based on, on what Bob Lazar was saying, like, that was the first thing that came to mind, where they were trying to, to pilot the Planet Express, and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't make it run, but instead of making it run, they made everything around it... Uh, 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 move with the uh, the black matter, the the antimatter, whatever that they had. Hmm. So yeah, you know, interesting shit. Hopefully, uh, it, I mean, it, it really does seem like we're moving towards some kind of disclosure. You know, they they're talking about it more on TV. It seems like the government's letting more things out. Um, you know, there's all more shows on it now. You know, you've got these documentaries. More people seem interested in it now than ever. So I guess that's a positive thing. Um, hopefully, it's hopefully it does end up being a good thing, and it's not just you know something that the government's doing just to distract us or set us up for something else. Because if you um if you're familiar with uh, one of the things that uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Werner von Braun. Uh, one of the guys that was brought over from um, the Nazi Party uh, and brought over into our uh, uh, to essentially start NASA. Uh, one of the things that he said was, um, in terms of how the government was going to operate, uh they always, you know, pick someone to start a war with. And first it was going to be the Nazis. Like, always pick someone to, to be in, in, in war with. And he said first it was going to be the Nazis, then it was going to be the communists, then it would be uh, terrorists, and then it would be aliens. And that it would be not real aliens, but something that we were that we were faking to make it look like, like, uh, like aliens were invading and we needed, you know, we needed to spend all this money on, on, on weapons to, you know, defend ourselves and everything like that. And when, um, when he was asked to like, why did he think that, uh, his response was because that's what we were going to do. That was what the, the Nazis plan was to eventually 
uh, fake some kind of holographic uh, alien like attack. Interesting. So ho hopefully, hopefully that's not what's happening here, <laughs> and it's all legit. And you know, maybe we find out the truth. So are, are, are we officially in season two? What, what, what day are we gonna be airing our episodes? On free Thursday. Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, we can start. Uh, actually, we're we're probably gonna need to be uh, recording on the weekends. Um, still, just because uh, I am, you know, teaching every night as well now. So that kind of blasts my my weekdays, but um. But yeah, we'll. Uh, I, I, I I do need to get ready for work, so. Yeah, we'll. Uh, we'll. We're 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 at the end of this one, so. Yeah, we're 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 at that. So it was it was definitely fun. It was a good way to kick off the season, you know. Um, and we do still have our good friends over at uh, Infinite CBD. Um, you know they have a ton of cool products. They, they, they've just come up with a, a lot of new stuff for pets. So if you've ever been interested in trying some of that, um, I know I got some, uh, some specific, uh, CBD oil for, um, for pets for my dog back home in California that, uh, I gave to my parents while I was there. So, uh, they're using that on him, uh, on his, you know, on his skin. Cause he does have a little bit of a skin condition. So they have a lot, they have a lot of stuff like that. And obviously they have tons of stuff for humans. So if you guys are interested, go ahead and check them out, uh, infinitecbd.com and use our promo code, uh, tide 10 and you'll get 10% off. Um, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have some more stuff of theirs to talk about this season. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up, uh, a lot of really interesting subjects that we're going to tackle and hopefully we'll get some some more guests going this season, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think we're gonna, we're gonna finish this episode off, so, uh, I've been, uh, Adrian. It's just Dave, and, and I'll swallow the pod. Yeah, <laughs> swallow the pod, keep, uh, keep watching the skis, everyone. Watching the skis and swallow the pod. <laughs>